Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, John, it's up day. We're usually <laughs> doing this only once a week, but look at us. We've decided we, uh, we're going to be flexible, and we're going to get an extra pod in, because I don't know if you realize this, last time we potted was January. It is now February, which means yesterday, Izzo yes, left. Yesterday was Groundhog's Day. Yes. Well, I heard the groundhog died. Did he? No, not. I, I heard that too, like a couple years ago. Like the guy was holding it up, holding him up. Dropped it? Dropped him. I don't I don't think that was this year, though. I think that was in past years. Okay. So now, it, now, the, now the name's like Punk. It's like Punxsutawney Phil or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. it used to be some different name. Okay, yeah. so they've promoted a new Groundhog. Yeah, it used to be uh, Deputy Groundhog. Now it's Groundhog. Well, no matter what the Groundhog said, March is coming up. We're only a month away from that, uh, which uh, which means the calendar's heating up. It's pretty cold outside, but it's getting hot in gyms around the country as, as March comes around. I'm trying to think of other sports cliches that we can use. Uh, I don't have any, but we've got a we've got an absolutely loaded slate of games this upcoming weekend. Uh, we're 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 doing this on a Wednesday. Uh, Arizona UCLA plays tonight, so the the result of that will be coming up. But uh, monster weekend coming up. I know you're a little under the weather. We're gonna power through this because, you know, it's February. yeah. You know, and, 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 yeah. You know, I didn't really want to draw attention to it. Um, you know, this happened to you like a month ago, and you didn't bring attention to it yourself. Um, you potted right through it, and you performed quite admirably. And I don't want to put any words or thoughts into the minds of our listeners, but I expect this to be up there with the MJ flu game. Um, the, the Kurt Schilling bloody, sh- bloody sock game. Yep. Um, Tiger Woods winning a major with like a broken knee or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. Remember the one where um, Paul Pierce got hurt and then he had to wheelchair it out and then he came back oh, to the game. Yes. Maybe it could By- be something like that. Byron Leftwich being uh, carried down the field. When, when he was quarterback at Marshall. Like, again, not to put words in anyone's mouth. And I totally wasn't prepared for this question. But again, just, I'm just trying to get through this. That's all. I, I know you don't want to make excuses. I will make excuses for you. I expect you to do really well. But if you don't, the reason why is because you're not feeling well. I, I, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Thanks. We're, 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 we're about two and a half minutes into this intro. Let's get into the show. <laughs> All right, Biggs. Uh, shortly after we recorded la- the last time on Sunday, there were two big games that took place. There was Purdue getting a big win over Ohio State. And, uh, you know, <laughs> your dogs are just the cutest. Just um, mowing through a chew ball. <laughs> but, you know, Purdue had this big second half lead, a double-digit lead. And I'm preparing food for myself because I'm hungry. And not even paying attention. I look back at the TV and all of a sudden it's like a three-point game. Um, I honestly say comes back and ties it. Purdue has a final possession. Looks out of sorts. Um, I believe it was it Hunter was dribbling around. Couldn't like they're trying to get to Ivy, but they're face guarding him. Yeah, Ivy keeps moving around. Gets you know just open just enough to be able to get a shot off, and he nails it for the game winner. Yeah, the thing about Jaden Ivy is he he came off the bench in that game. He's come off the bench a couple of times in their last handful of games. I'm not is really that- sure why. I but, think it's just a thing coaches do, like when they're like easing guy back in after he missed a couple games. I think that did he miss a few games because of injury? Yeah, and stuff. I think so. Okay, well I'll tell you what, him coming off the bench changed absolutely nothing because dude pumped up twenty shots. Like he isn't shy. I'll tell you what, that is the thing about Jaden Ivy that uh, I mean, you you listen to Titus and Tate when they, they they put this really well when they're talking about Purdue. It's like you you don't really trust their guards. Their best player is a guard that is like amazing, but also really really scary in that he could just be god awful. Yep. There are times where he's by far the best player on the floor, and you see it, right? He has he has stretches where it's like, oh my goodness, this dude is going to be, um, you know, he's he, there's a reason he was super hyped up at the beginning of the year. There's a reason he's going to be a a high a high pick at the next level. He's a high level prospect, um, and, and it was and it was things like not necessarily knocking down a 35 footer to win the game, but just the smoothness and the way he just elevates and was able to make that shot look like a like a makeable shot. 
how many guys in the country get that get that ball, turn around, and like they try to shoot it and they get blocked? Yeah, well, not you know what I mean. Or they throw it fifteen feet over the backboard or something. It's not an easy shot, Biggs. You know when you have all your no. momentum going that way, like Russell. What it reminds you of the, like the shots of Russell Westbrook always bricks because he's like. He's going 100 miles that's, an hour. He well, that's the thing stuff. is people can take that shot and like Russell Westbrook puts a hole in the backboard taking that yeah. shot. You know, like, the poor the poor rim breaks off if Russell Westbrook fires that thing up there. I mean, yeah, I mean I Ivy saw, is uh, he's a special player. I saw a lot of people trying to diminish it on Twitter, talking about how you know up until that very last second they did look out of sorts. Um, you know, they were designing that play. I think it was Hunter who was had the ball in his hands. Yeah. So, so inbounded to him, and they're trying to get Ivy off a screen um, at the top of the key. But Ohio State actually did a very good job at first just being right in his face and not letting him get the ball. They did. And, you know, Hunter basically just dribbles it almost into, like, the short corner there. Um, and credit to Ivy, you know, just getting able to get open enough. And he barely got that shot off. It had no arc on it. I think, I think the thing with – with Ivy and, and the thing with Purdue having a player like Ivy, there's just not a lot of teams that have a guy like that who has – he has warts, right? He's not a perfect player, but he's a type of guy who – a defense can play really good defense for 28 and a half seconds, and he's the type of guy, though, who can just – he, Cap- he can – Capitalize he, on one second. Yeah, he can be a fixer. You know, he can he can he can turn something bad into something good. He's like he's like those type those those NFL quarterbacks that everybody is always in the in the hunt for, uh, like a like a Mahomes, like a Josh Allen. You know, those those super special guys where the defense schemes it up perfectly. This play should not work for any reason, and yet somehow these guys are just able to make it happen. There's not a lot of basketball <laughs> players at the college level who are able to be that kind of equivalent. Now, Ivy's not on that level, but like he's capable of making. He's he's capable of taking something bad and turning it into something good. Yep. And that's I think what gives Purdue the ceiling when they look good, they're good enough to get up 20 something on Ohio State. They're also bad enough to blow that lead. You know what I mean? Like they they're susceptible enough where they're 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 inconsistent. Yeah, but and like I'm going to pull up what what are they in the Ken Palm? cuz I think I think it top was five, um, I bet, top 10. But as far as I think they basically compared them to Iowa State of last year. Iowa, because they play no defense. Yeah. All right, Iowa. Yes, sorry. Um, But, like, it was like – I'm going to pull it up here and see what they are. Their defensive efficiency is is pretty miserable. And, I mean, you saw it. I mean, Ohio State late in that game went on a went on a really lengthy run where they got just open shots after open shots, easy shots. And and that's the thing. Purdue just doesn't really have a, a stopper. You know what I mean? Like, I, they just don't have a stopper. And, like, guys were talking about – I think on the broadcast of that game, they're talking about how Ivy is like a like a potential stopper on defense. Like, no, he's a lot of things, but uh, he's definitely ready for the NBA with the way he defends. And uh, you know, some of the big guys for Purdue are like big and hulking, and like Zach Eadie's a monster. But you put that guy in a ball screen, he he's a fish out of water when he has to venture outside. You know, mm-hmm. the the paint. So, and, and, and Stevanovich is an undersized guard. Hunter Small. So all those things just kind of add up. Their defense isn't great. Yep, and I just found it. So their first in adjusted offense, offensive efficiency, 88th in defensive. And I want to say they said that Iowa was like second and 75th a year ago or something like that, something strange. Yep. And so, you know, Purdue is obviously one of those teams who is going to be probably top two seed come tournament time. But they, they could fall victim the same way Iowa did a year ago, but at the same time they could be, you know, if you close your eyes right now, could you like picture Purdue holding up the trophy at the end? I say yes, hundred percent. Yeah, um, but not to get too far ahead of our skis. We're only we're only in February, bigs. Yeah, which means we're almost to March though. February that, is the shortest true. month. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you have that was nice. The calendar years? makers make us wait the least amount of time before March. They they knew. Yep, they, knew they knew. They knew Rothstein was coming. <laughs> You have anything else on this game, Biggs? No, I think I think I mean I, I no not really. I mean I think uh, it was a great basketball game. The first, the first like well, I I don't think it was a great basketball game, but the first the the final seven eight minutes of it made it a fun game. You know what I mean? I think Ohio State showed that like they're they showed some limitations. They also showed why they can be kind of dangerous. Yeah, but. I don't know. There's there's not a whole lot of big takeaways. I, I feel about the same about both teams. I think they're both solid. I think Ohio State's like a 
like a uh, you know a top four team in the Big Ten, probably like a second weekend caliber team. No. But I think they're also equally capable of of bowing out early, just because just I don't know. They're just not. They're an imperfect team. Yep. Now the other game from Sunday was that Marquette Providence game, and that was just sort of a. I don't even know how to explain it. That was just like a strength against strength type of game. And I texted you and I simply said, Nate Watson is enormous. And he had a big bucket at the, uh, at the end. I think he basically stole, I can't remember what happened. He basically just ripped a rebound from Selma and just dunked all all over him. And Providence gets a big win over Marquette. Yeah. Providence, Providence and Marquette, probably two of the biggest surprise teams in the big East. I guess I don't know where, I mean, Marquette was projected, I think, to finish like eighth or ninth in the league. Well, Providence they beat Villanova probably, last night. They did. So they, I mean, that's been that's been a good week. I mean, you, you beat, they swept Nova this year. They beat them twice already. Um, and, and Providence just kind of, for all of the, for all of like the, their computer numbers are not great. But I don't even know if their eye test is like all that special. You watch them and you're like, I, I don't know. But they're like nineteen and two. They just keep winning, and, and that's got to yep. matter, right? I mean, they're probably what are they second or third in the conference right now? And like, I mean, I don't know. They're nineteen and two. They got a good squad, and I don't know what that means. Big picture, I, I don't close my eyes and see Providence winning a title, you know. No. But this is where I, this is where you know this is what I like about college basketball is that doesn't mean that they're not awesome and like they're having an awesome season, way better than anybody expected. And the goal for Providence shouldn't be win the national title. You know what I mean? Right. Just like. They're piling up a ton of wins, and like they've got a squad, and Nate Watson's a hoss, and uh, the I mean, we said this at the beginning of the year that the Big East was one of those leagues, and I think we were, I think it's even been better than we were anticipating, but it it's so jumbled. Like I don't think they're, I really don't think it's a league where there is a best team. You know what yeah, I mean? And, well, like it's like every game is good. With, it's like we've said with some teams where it's tough to peg that team. It's tough tough to peg the Big East. Like they have all these teams who. You know, we talk about Villanova, Marquette, Providence. Um, there's a couple others in there who they might all be in the range of four to six on the seed line when it comes mm-hmm. tournament time. That's just how it is in there. For sure. But going over to that game, you know, like like we said, they they lose that game against Providence. Um, then they bounce back just last night on Wednesday against Villanova. They get, you know, Justin Lewis had a big game for them. Uh, Tyler Kolick. 18 points, Marcel 15. And they just seem to have, you know, I'm looking at this and I see 38% field goal percentage from Villanova, 30% from three-point line. They just seem to have them a bit out of sorts last night. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they swept they swept Nova on the season. And um, Nova's like 15 and seven or something. Or early returns on Shaka Smart Hire are good. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're ranking 23rd in defensive efficiency. I think that's, I think what that speaks to your point that they, they just had Nova out of sorts. They're big, they're long. I mean, very simply, I mean, getting Daryl Marcel, like that's going to be kind of the poster child for like their defense taking a big jump. Cause he was, he's one of the best defensive guards in the country, but they've just got, they've got like a big, long kind of group. I mean, Kolek is like a six, five point guard, you know, Justin Lewis is like six, seven and like lengthy and big and strong. And they got a like car quath or whatever. The big guy that they got mm-hmm. is just kind of a, he's just kind of a long rangy, like kind of anchor Their Their offense is going to get stuck in the mud sometimes. And it's going to look kind of gross, but honestly, like that's kind of college basketball. Like so many teams now, the offense is just kind of, it, it kind of gets gross. And like their defense is, is something. And, and we said that kind of uh, not to continue tooting my own horn, but I, I will. You know, we, we thought at the beginning of the year, not Marquette would be a problem for Villanova, but this type of team would be a problem for this Villanova collection. The yeah. big, long, athletic teams, because Nova just doesn't have a lot of, they just don't have a lot of juice. You know what I mean? And they look, they just look slow to me. And it, it's unfortunate because I thought, I thought Nova was going to be way better than they are. Um, they're just kind of okay. You know, there's not, they're not that great. Yeah. And just go back to Marquette. I think what I'd said preseason was, you know, I think this is the right sort of program for Marquette because he'll be, be able he'll be able to recruit those proverbial slap the floor kind of guys, you know, yeah, um, dive dive on the ground for loose balls instead of the five star all about. I me. want my uh, shots exactly, and but I didn't expect it to be this good, and I think I even said like I see this as be a, more of a rebuilding year, 
and give him two or three years. And then this is what I expected two or three years, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's probably there's probably more to that conversation to like unpack that just idea of these new coaches. I don't think it's ever been easier in this transfer portal era that we're living. I don't think it's ever been easier for first year coaches to come in and flip the roster and and win right away. You know what I mean? Like like Iowa State was projected to be god awful and it wasn't based on anything other than the fact that they were just awful last year. You know what I mean? Uh, Otzelberger brings in an entirely new roster and they're way better than you thought they would be. Yep. Water's finding its level, but you know what I mean? Like they're way better than last in their conference and one of the worst teams in the country. Uh, it's the same thing here with Marquette. Like how many of these guys were, Kolek wasn't on the team last year. Morcel wasn't on the team last year. Like if they play eight guys, it's like six of them were probably transfers. And so it's never really been easier to flip the roster, at least to succeed right away. There, there wasn't a better year for him. Team. There, there wasn't a better season for him to make the switch because he was able to get all these guys in the transfer portal. Yeah, exactly. And and then also, I mean, for the next couple, for this year and probably the next couple years until this COVID, um, extra COVID year kind of cycles down the drain, like you can pick up like fifth-year guys, four-year players who wanted to opt into a fifth year and transfer out of a small school are moving around. So like you have 22, 23-year-olds. I don't know how many of those guys they got, but like – that's another thing that just these these early these first year coaches are able to capitalize on. Just the transfer market, you can flip your roster really fast. Yep. Yep. Um. So yeah, that's basically Sunday game. I don't have much for Monday. I did see Baylor got a close win against West Virginia. Um. I don't know if there's much to unpack there. Tuesday night's really the meaty night. Um. Since our last show, we've got Auburn winning. I think it was like 180 over Bama. Um. Sort of a shootout game. And then we got Kansas beating Iowa State, and then Texas without Tech Abaji, without Abaji, yes. And then we got Texas Tech beating Texas in basically Chris Beard's, you know, return to Texas Tech, and Texas Tech's able to get their revenge over there. Uh, so which one do you want to talk about first? I think the Texas Texas Tech one was probably the the story, right? The biggest story of the night. Chris Beard coming back to coming back to Texas and. Uh, that one was definitely going to be the most hyped. The, the second he took that job to Texas, his the return game was one you look and you, you circle it on the calendar. And, I mean, I don't think anybody expected – I think people thought Texas Tech would be a nice team. They're way better than I think anybody thought they were going to be. And Texas is way worse than anybody thought they were going to be. Everybody had them as a top-five team. We had them we – were, we were obsessed with Texas in the offseason. And they're, they're just kind of not that good. And Texas Tech's really solid. They're big. They're physical. I mean, they start basically nothing. I think their smallest guy that they play is like six five. Yeah, they're like they're massive, and so their defense is like really tough. They just play. They're they're a grinder squad, and like I don't know, it's cool. I I like seeing it. You know, I I I like Chris Beard. I thought Chris Beard would do better at Texas. It's year one, so it's not like you know you're not hitting the panic button or something. But um. This was one of those where it's like, you know what, good good on Texas Tech. To, you, you like seeing uh, them be able to be like, you know what, screw you, coach. Now, obviously, uh, I don't know if you listen to like the Ion College basketball here where, where Parrish is getting up on his soapbox talking about how he thinks it's stupid that people would, would dislike Chris Beard or whatever for, for leaving. And it's like, can you, you – you're being like intentionally obtuse if you don't understand why people are annoyed that the coach ditched their school. Like it's not based in rationality and logic. Mm -hmm. It's an emotional thing. I like my team. You left my team. I don't care if I would also do it. I don't like you that you did it. You know what I mean? Like I feel like he's just being annoyingly obtuse and kind of uh, a little too self-righteous for my take. Um, And I I like seeing them beat him. And it's interesting. You know, I think, I think Texas tech had about as good a reaction, like the fans had about as good a reaction to Chris Beard returning as it could have, you know, it was, I think, I, I think I saw Chris Beard walking out, with security guards surrounding him, he's surrounded by him, he's like the president. Yeah, there, there's booze. I mean, there's all sorts, but you sort of expect that. And yeah. and it was fun because it was like every shot Texas Tech made, you hear you hear like the net sound, and then you hear just interruption, like they just won the national title. Enormous. And, yeah, it was just a fun atmosphere. That was an important game for the Texas Tech fans and the program, the guys. Um, I see Kevin O'Banner, seventeen points. He, he's only averaging like ten this year. He's and coming so, up lately, though, it seems like. And, and that's what I was going to say. If they can get him coming on to sort of, you know, 
um, performing like that the rest of the year and into the tournament. You know, this is a scary team because um, Bryson Williams has been good. We've talked about Kevin McCullough. Um, and then with Texas. Shannon, Shannon's been quiet, but he's another one that's got some some juice. Yeah. And they just have a plethora of guards. And then with Texas, like, can we just stick a fork in them? I, I'm sick of talking about them. I feel like we just every every time we talk about them is just what what happened? They're a disappointment. Um, yeah. At what point do we wisen up and just say, yeah, Texas, they're just okay? I don't know. Like, why do we keep yeah. expecting? I don't. I, I guess I'm past that. I just don't really expect them to be that good. I think we, we, we have try to, to make we excuses. Just like, they're going to be like an eight seed. We're, we're trying to make excuses like we do with the Vikings, where it's like, oh, they they had bad luck this game, then they had bad luck week three, and then week five, and it's like eventually you just have to accept that that's who they are. Yeah, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. The perfect breakup line. You yeah. know this, it's timeless. Yeah, so Texas, Longhorns, we're, we're done. Yeah, it's not us, it's you. <laughs> we need to see other people, <laughs> other teams. All right, uh, let's see. Should we go over that Auburn-Bama game? Sure. As I pull up the box score. Your guy Walker Kessler, I know, had eight blocks. It's absurd. That seems to be the norm. Does North Carolina have eight blocks all season? Doubtful. Like, okay, I thought about this. I think during this game, I thought about this. When you think of all the transfers um, this offseason, and I'm not sure if you're aware, there's a lot of them. I've Can heard. you think of anyone who's had a more positive impact on their new team than Walker Kessler? At the top end of the sport, I mean, think about just like contender. I mean, like he's shifting. He's. He hasn't single-handedly turned Auburn into a contender by any stretch, right. but like think about like the, the high-end teams that can legitimately win it. There's not a transfer that's impacting Purdue like this. Okay. There's not one that's impacting Kansas or Duke or uh, you know Kentucky. I guess Shebue would probably be the closest thing. Yeah, he kind of like, counts, right? But and like I, it's for a similar reason too. I mean, Kessler's more of a block, and Shebue's more of a rebounder, but it's you know similar. Yeah, there. they're not coming in and monopolizing the offense and putting up 22 right. points a game or something. It's We're Doing just the dirty dominating work. in our role. Yeah. And I don't think anybody thought when Walker – I mean, Walker Kessler, everybody thought he was going to be a breakout guy. He was like one of the poster childs for a breakout candidate in 21-22. I don't think anybody thought it was going to be breakout in that you're going to turn Auburn into one of the best defensive teams and you're going to average five blocks a game. You're going to make a team that's never been number one in the country number one. They're 11th in defensive efficiency. I mean, that's not that's not single-handedly Walker Kessler, but <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. He's probably worth about 40 spots. They'd probably be a, a 50th defensive efficiency because I mean, if they have okay defensive players, I mean, Jabari Smith's fine. You know, I, 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 their guards are like whatever. I think defensively, Walker Kessler erases so much. So yeah, just say I'm right, and then we can move on. That's an amazing point by you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's cold even, outside. The takes the takes that you've got here are not that hot. They're just accurate. Even just though hot. even though I'm sick, which I'm not trying to draw attention to, I'm coming with hot takes here. Well, that's what makes this even more impressive is that you're also battling through an illness. Yeah. Potentially you know, life threatening. But when I told when I told my girlfriend that we were recording, she goes, You're gonna record like while you're sick? I was like, Yeah, I'm playing through injury. Hashtag no days off. She she didn't enjoy that as much as I did. She doesn't get you like our listeners like, do. Like you do. Yeah, our listeners, you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, back to the game here. Have we even talked about the game? I don't know what there is. I think that's what we sure, I don't know what there is to take away from this game. I mean, Auburn hung 100 on Bama. Bama's – Auburn's awesome. Bama is uh, – I don't know. They're, they're kind of in – they're kind of in the Texas range for me. I, I, they, I, they, I, score, they score 81, but it's mostly just because of volume. Like they didn't even shoot 40% this game. Right, and that's the thing is their offense hasn't been all that good. And, you know, I'm kind of in like a reflection mode right now. We're, we're getting into February. I'm kind of reflecting back on things that we said in the preseason. And, and my concern with Bama going back to the preseason was I'm pretty certain we're going to get a lot of good stuff out of Shackelford. Pretty sure we're going to get really good play out of Quinterly. After that, I don't really know what their depth looks like. You know, when you look through their roster, it's, it's a combination of, A, I – Quinterly hasn't been anywhere near as good as I thought he was going to be. Um, but then, I mean, you look at five-star point guard J.D. Davison. He, he's had some, like, really awesome, like, highlights. 
you know, he has a pretty sick dunk. He has yeah, yeah. Who was that dunk? Was that on Kessler? Yeah, it was. That was yeah, pretty badass. Yeah, it was. He averages eight points a game, though. I mean, yeah. at some point, I, I know points aren't everything. He averages like eight, four, and four. Okay, and again, I, I get more than anybody that stats are not everything, but but at some point, we got to have some some more tangible impact for impact from a from a five star point guard who everybody has as a you know has a high end prospect, right? Um. Bidiaco, their their big guy, is just kind of I don't know. He's he's a four star big. You don't really expect a ton, but that was part of the issue with the lack of depth for them. Is you need you need more out of some of these guys, and I just think it's it's all adding up to Alabama is just kind of okay. They're nowhere near what they were last year. Uh, their defense is horrendous. They give up a hundred points. Yeah, you know? and go go back to J D Davison. Um, my only hope for Alabama the rest of the year is that they play UCLA in the tournament. Um, purely for the J.D. Davison Tiger Campbell hair matchup. Oh, boy, would that be That's something? The only thing I can look forward to with Bama this year. Boy, that would be that would be like a clash of the titans. Yeah, kind of situation. Yeah, man, that sure be something. You know how like NFL players exchange exchange jerseys? Maybe they exchange exchange hair after the game. <laughs> exchange hairdos. <laughs> you know how far they would have to run if they ran head first like goat like goats like how they do like the they, they crack heads against each other yeah if those two guys had to do that imagine how much extra like they'd have to run extra far to power through all the hair <laughs> I don't know how to like put what I'm trying to say into no, words, I see what you're like, saying yeah, like, if they did the goat battle for, thing they'd have to run like an extra foot before after they make contact with their hair for like their scalps to actually touch. Yes. They'd have Epic. to go. Yes, exactly. I don't, I don't It'd be like a great game of bumper cars, you know. And the other game from Tuesday, Kansas beats Iowa State without their star, Oshaya Baji. Quite the impressive win. Uh, if you want one of like the big, the big takeaway for me is Isaiah Brockington somehow pumped up 28 shots in that game. That's not very efficient. I no, mean, it's he, made like, he made like 10 of them or something too. Like, can you imagine taking 28 shots in one basketball game? I can't. I love it. I, I probably, it probably takes me like six weeks of city leagues to take, to take. Uh, shots. That is just like an insane number of shots. Like, oofta. And I mean, <laughs> Iowa state's really falling back, man. I mean, they started off really good. I don't know what the, their record. They, they've hit, they've hit hard times. Water has, I think officially found its level. Yep. They get Texas on Saturday in a game that is like ranked teams that I just literally could not care less about. Do you think Iowa State is ranked after this week? No. Do you think they're ranked again this year? No, I really don't. I mean, part of that is, is A, I, I do think water has found its level in that. I don't think they're an atrocity of a basketball team, but I don't think they're that good. And also I think the Big 12, I mean, like, it's tough. They're not the only team that's better than we were expecting. Like TCU is pretty good. They're still in, they're still kind of right in the thick of things in the league. They're okay. And Kansas State has come close to knocking off Kansas and Baylor and some of these teams. So it's like they're not they're not a pushover. You know what I mean? So I don't know if there's and I without looking at their schedule, I don't know when they play some of these teams. But like there's not like a two three four game stretch where they can where they can get some gimme wins. Mm-hmm. Now I suppose the flip side to that is if you if you have a if you have a two three game stretch where you knock off, you know, Texas, Texas Tech, and uh, you know, in Oklahoma or something like that, now all of a sudden you're ranked again. But I I don't think they're good enough to go on a run in the schedule that they're playing. Yep, no, I would agree with that. Um, so yeah, that's really all I had for Tuesday. The other matchup I had of notes: uh, Michigan State squeaks by Maryland. Um, and then we're 29 minutes in, so I guess I can say this. North Carolina beat Louisville in overtime. Caleb Love is giving me heart attacks every time he touches the ball. Yeah, he shot 3 of 18. That's uh, that's not ideal. I think the other – there was one other notable performance. I want to say it might have been Monday, but uh, Wyoming knocked off Colorado State in overtime. Ooh. So and Wyoming gets sort of their prove-it victory then. Yeah, that was definitely a prove-it win for them, and that's, that's impressive. And the Mountain West is uh, – is legit. I want to say Colorado State plays. Do they play San Diego State tonight? As we're recording on this on this Thursday, they either play tonight or they might play Saturday. I don't remember remember when, but like there's some Mountain West matchups coming up that are pretty legit, and that's a league that that has a chance to get three four teams in. So 
that was that was interesting. Colorado State is a, is a, is a pretty good team offensively, and Wyoming I think is one of like the bigger. If you had to come up with like the ten surprise in a positive way teams of college hoops, Wyoming's on that list for sure. They're like seventeen yep. and two. Damn. Yeah, I know. Watch out for them. Um, and then coming month here. Now the biggest game from Wednesday night that we haven't talked about at least. Uh, we already talked about Marquette and Villanova, but. Illinois beating Wisconsin and huge. I almost texted you last night, big. So there's a point where um, Alfonso Plummer hits a three with a hand in his face. It just looks so smooth. And I was going to text you like, God, this guy's good. And I'm looking at the box score now. One of seven from the field, one of six from three point line. <laughs> it was literally the one shot I saw him make. It's butter though. The dude, the dude is just—it's feathery. Like, and he's he's having a hell of a year. He's a Utah yeah. transfer who was like a like an okay player right at Utah, kind of flying under the radar. He goes to Illinois and like he's—I don't know what he's done in his last handful of games. Like last time I looked, which was a couple weeks ago, he's shooting like forty-seven percent from three. I mean, the dude is like a flamethrower. Um, what better place to be a flamethrower when you got Coffee Cockburn? dominating in the paint and that's what last night was about Tuesday night or Wednesday night coffee Cockburn goes for 37 he was like he was like right now I'm looking at I'm looking at my mini Aussie here just like mow down a uh like an Elkhorn oh I'm thinking I've, myself, been, I've been well, hearing it Cockburn and like that Elkhorn is the Wisconsin bigs like she's just I've, dominating that thing I've been hearing that this entire time I mean, she's just going to town yeah she Keeps doesn't care that we're potting at all she's very selfish she's just going to work there's one third of our loyal listeners right there Yep. <laughs> Good on no, impre- Impressive game for coffee. Um, had a lot of burn last night. 37 points, 19 field goal attempts. Extremely efficient. Um, and then Johnny Davis struggled a bit last night. He did have 22 points, uh, but on only 5 of 19 shooting. And so is he awful? That's what people are asking. Well, honestly, if you if you want to like look up a, like a box score, like Johnny Davis's last like handful of games, he's not been good. There's been, there was like a two week stretch there where like he he just like captured the hearts of the country right everyone is obsessed with Johnny Davis and I feel like if you look back if you look back through his last like I don't know eight or ten games I mean it, it hasn't been pretty I, I like from a field goal perspective like a field goal percentage he he takes a lot of tough shots and and, and I, I suppose a giant portion of that is because Wisconsin needs him to you know like he he, he has to generate a ton on his own. But I mean, you you look back through some of these some of these games. I mean, he just it's not been great, man. Five and 19, 7 of fourteen, five of twelve, eight of twenty, eight of fifteen, four of eighteen, seven of nineteen. Um, you know that's in the last that's in the last kind of three weeks or so. I don't know. That's he he he's still an he's an awesome player, but I think we might have jumped the gun a little bit on that, that some of the Johnny Davis Player of the Year stuff. That field goal percentage is dipping. He's currently for the season at forty three percent, and I imagine that was higher earlier in the year. Yeah, forty three percent is not great, and the three point percentage is not great either. So, and that so was I, our uh, Geico ad. They're sponsoring us now. Yeah, fuck ESPN, man. It's brutal. I try to go on ESPN when I'm at school, and like I'm connected to my uh, like I'm connected to my smart board, and so like. I'm still connected to the computer. And so every time, like if, if I, if I have like music that plays during class, like, and then I'll go on ESPN and an yeah. adult can play. And then like, here's it over the class. It's like, Jesus, I have my computer silenced. How it, it like powers through it somehow. Stupid. It's ridiculous. I hate this site. I need to find a new one. <sighs> I've tried CBS sports. It's okay. Yeah. I, I guess that's just, it's a habit. I'm so familiar with stupid ESPN. I don't, I, it's my own fault, but yeah. I'm going to keep bitching about it. Perfect. Um, yeah. Any other games you want to talk about from Wednesday or any of the nights? No, I think we've I think we've been pretty uh, we've been pretty comprehensive in our in our coverage of the last three days or four days or whatever it is. Uh, let's get to what really matters, John, and that is the portion of the pod where we look through the schedule. So I've been trying to come up with the jingle, and I can put it in and. So you know the song where it's like rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah, I want to find. I'm. I was hoping someone would edit that so it says scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> that would be. That would and then, be. Like, and then I can just put that in there right whenever we start this. Scrolling, but this is the part where scrolling. where we scroll through the upcoming schedule. Um, and we're, we're obviously going to start with tonight. Uh, by the time. This well, let's out. let's let's just skip Thursday because by the time this thing comes out, that'll be old news. Well, isn't that we gotta talk one game though? We gotta talk that UCLA Arizona game. 
All right. Hopefully it's and, a good game. And Arizona is you know, trying to get revenge from about a week ago when they lost to UCLA. Um, okay, we talked about it. There we go. Perfect. Um, let's see. Wait. My, my gears are all messed up. For some reason, I thought it was Wednesday night. Um, so yeah, I, I, all, all night last night, I thought it was Thursday. I'm, think, I'm, think, I'm thinking, hell yeah, it's Friday tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. no, it's not. This sucks. Oh, I see we got Colorado State versus San Diego State tomorrow. That's night. tonight, right? Oh, that's tomorrow. Hell yeah, that's tomorrow. the game I was referencing. That's yeah. a watchable one on Friday. That is a watchable. That's a watchable. Same Bonaventure Vegas. versus Richmond? Yeah, same Bonaventure. I, I was scrolling through results before we started here. They have six losses on the year already. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think both those teams, I mean, those two teams, you know, three months ago were supposed to be the two favorites in the A-10. I don't think either one of them has been anywhere near as good as, as you want. And the A-10 as a whole has really suffered because of it. That, that's a potential – that's a league that usually gets, what, two and a half, three teams in. And, and this year there's there's a real chance that it's just Davidson because could be Dayton's super weird. VCU has been like eh, okay. St. Bonaventure and Richmond just didn't do anything in the non-conference to like to really earn much to earn much. And now neither one of them have been have been special. It's an it's an odd league where it seems like there's no difference between the top teams really, and, and even Davidson is just kind of squeaking by a lot of teams, but. It might just be kind of a one bid league, maybe two. Which is weird because yeah, you just mentioned Dayton, their team who, you know, the COVID stricken year, they were gonna be a one seed that year. Yeah. The A ten was gonna have a one seed in the tournament before COVID took it away. Yeah. That might be the biggest thing we lost right there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, besides my freedom, taking away Dayton's chance to win a national title was, yep. was maybe the most egregious thing COVID did to us. Exactly. Amongst other things. Uh, let's see. Let's go over Saturday. And there is a meaty Saturday. Um, yes, starts yes. off at 11 with UConn at Villanova. Big game there. I mean, just rolling through this schedule, which I which I, I've, I've did a little bit earlier in the week, there's like a dozen games that I'm like, ooh, I would love to watch that game. Yeah. So it's it's one of those days where like there's not really a break in the action where like you got to get your you got to get your house projects done. Early, early. You got to be an early riser, or or what you do is you just put it off until Sunday, or you just no Super Bowl Sunday. You just put it off until Sunday. You just hope that your significant other does them for you. True. Yeah. Perfect. Which you will uh, certainly pay for. True. Yeah. Let's not do that. Um, Illinois, Indiana, Auburn against Georgia. Georgia's flying high right now for the national title. Yeah, they are, and they also just stacked up a, a pretty nice recruiting class where they loaded up on the defensive line, which um, is something that they always do. So that was exciting. Yeah, I told, I told, Jesus. Well, he gets he. That was my that was my little dog. She's Jesus. just like screaming. My wife's least, about to be home. I think at least at least someone gets excited for your wife. They get they get excited they get excited when we talk about Georgia. You know. We're a dog family. You know, I told you about how I was doing mock drafts on PFF. Yeah. Uh, for the Vikings, like whenever I get to that second round, there's a D, the interior defense lineman from from Georgia who's always there. I can't think of his name. And Trayvon Walker? No. Jordan Davis? It's like Wyatt something? Was it a Wyatt something? Oh, Devontae Wyatt? Devontae Wyatt, yeah. That's the name. How many, how many linemen do they have? Holy shit. All, all three of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> and the best one is uh, the best one will be next year. Damn. Okay. That's what, it's absurd. It was absurd this year. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So they're going to suck next year. Yeah, I mean they're going to. Well, it's crazy. I mean they'll probably be like a top five team again. They won't be anywhere near as good as probably Bama or Ohio State. Yeah. But no, they'll still be legit. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. One o'clock. We got Iowa State at Texas, which we sort of mentioned earlier. Sort of just on the Longhorn the, Network. The matchup of game of teams that you know. I can't even say they've both been disappointments because Iowa State's been better than I thought they were. I don't know why. I just it's it's a it's like I said earlier. It's a matchup between ranked teams, and I just don't care. I don't know I, what it is. I know I shouldn't say that, but I, I said it. You said it perfectly there. I'm just gonna move on. Um. Then we get into there's a big three o'clock game. We got Baylor at Kansas. Baylor continues or hopes to continue to you know right the ship. They've had some you know losses recently. Your dogs are nuts right now. Yeah, Baylor Kansas though. Yeah. What are you looking for there? Um, 
Well, for one, I, I, I want to know the status of Oshayabaji. Is he actually – what was the deal with that the other night? Wasn't that a COVID? Uh, that was a COVID thing, I thought. I oh, think it was really? A COVID, yeah, it was a COVID-related um, incident. I don't even know what word to use. I don't know if he got COVID or if it was just close contact or what the deal was, but yeah. As of one day ago from KUSports.com, Jayhawks optimistic and hopeful that Abaji can play Saturday. Of course. Tell you what, yeah, no kidding. I mean, I'd like I'd like my best player to be able to play against you know the other team that we're contending with in the conference. If he can't play, if he can't play, the shine comes off this game in a big way. Yeah. Um, I'm all, I'm just kind of like I'm. I'm this is hey, one of those hey, that we. This is a sin that we kind of commit when we watch college hoops is we overreact and we as as hard as I try not to overreact, I'm having a hard time shaking what I watched Kansas do on Saturday against Kentucky. Which was just poo all over the floor. I mean, Kentucky just destroyed them. But then they bounced back without Abaji. Yeah, over Iowa State, and I, I think Baylor's closer to Kentucky than they are Iowa State. I'm just I'm worried, but also I I do think Baylor is not. They've been shaky. You well, know, let me, tell you let me tell you a reason to not be worried though. Okay, you're not a Kansas fan. Talk talk me into talk me into Kansas beating Baylor. I think the recent losses for Baylor are more of an indictment than the Abaji being out, possibly being out, and their loss against Kentucky. Okay. I I, I mean, I, I could see Kansas winning because like, it's Kansas. Like, Baylor, like Baylor is flying high after their national title season. They got up to a hot start there, 12-0 and or whatever it was. But I, what have they been since, like, since they got that first loss? Have they been about 500? Yeah, they're probably a little better than that, but but you're right in terms of like they just haven't looked. I don't think they've they, had a dominant since that win over Villanova was like whoa, holy shit. They haven't really been dominant. You know, it just feels like there's some holes in the armor a little bit. Because they're fifteen and zero, they're now nineteen and three, so they're four and three since that first or since they lost that first game. Um, yeah, and yeah. and like that four and three includes includes like their most recent game was a win, so they were three and three. Yeah, you're right, and they were down for the first 38 minutes of that West Virginia game. Yeah, and yeah, they barely squeaked that out. So I would be more worried about Baylor than I would about Kansas. Okay, okay. Well, hopefully that's a good game. I, I mean, I just hope that one delivers, and hopefully it goes like four overtimes so we don't have to watch Coach K. Uh, it's going to be so nauseating. Is that the next game to talk about? Uh, no, we have UC, USC Arizona. Could be. A good oh, one yeah. There. That one's at four on Fox. That's at four, yep. Um, and then we're at the moment that all of our fans, all our listeners have been waiting for. Duke UNC, the last time Coach K will be in Chapel Hill. It's the last time Coach K coaches Duke in their 22nd game of the season. Very true. And so I cannot wait for the interviews, like pregame, like them interviewing probably Roy Williams, um, Matt Doherty, Tyler Hansborough. And just asking him, how has Coach K impacted your life? Yeah, in, in just a positive way, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, like Tyler Hansborough can be like, well, you know, I got to learn about the hospital system after his player elbowed me in the nose. <laughs> He's created a uh, fake a back injury when you're, t- when you're facing adversity kind of culture. Yes, yes. Which, wasn't there a player who had a back injury? Yeah. There's something I saw with that. Anyways, who cares? But obviously Duke is favored in this game. Um, what do you think North Carolina has to do? Like if, if how do I say this? If you can picture a North Carolina win, what what did they do well in that game? Um, hold on, let me let me pause my uh, my thing here. I want to figure out what the actual line is on this because I'm really curious what Duke is favored by. If I were guessing, I would bet it's like a Duke minus. Three and a half or something. I don't know. Five. Yeah, something like that. I, I think I think your best hope is that I think you need – I mean, the, the recipe when North Carolina has beaten Duke in the past is that they just absolutely big boy them on the glass. UNC doesn't really have – They've sort of flipped those things. Like Duke, Duke is much more the, the big boy team now. And, and North Carolina Manchero is and better than North Carolina is better, probably the better perimeter shooting team this time. Yeah, which scares me. I don't. I don't love that. I, I mean, the guards. I mean, Caleb. It'd be nice if Caleb Love could have one of those Caleb Love versus Duke games. His two best games of his career have come against Duke. 
you know, so maybe he can have one of those. That'd be sweet. Um, I think I think the biggest thing is like North Carolina still does not defend. They don't defend the three point line at all, and that's something that that might help them against Duke. You know, Duke is sure. not a a particularly strong three point shooting team. You, you need to continue that. Like you need Duke to go like, you know, six of twenty five from three or something. I think I think that's going to be a big key. I, Play some damn defense. I don't know. I wish I wish I had like a better recipe. Like they just gotta play some damn defense. It's never been about North for North Carolina. The reason that's so damn frustrating, they have talent, right? They have individual talent. I mean, Armando Baycott's awesome. Brady Manick has been a, a really productive college basketball player for a long time. Caleb Love was a five star who had at times looks awesome. He's Love working through, I think he's looking Baycott. awesome than he than he was playing awesome, but yeah. he's played really well. And they've they've got they've got guys who have the talent to play in this kind of game and, and rise up, but it just feels like every time I think that to myself, they they go and they just get absolutely. There's no reason that they should lose by you know thirty to Miami or Wake Forest. They're not less talented than those teams, so I don't know how that kind of thing happens. It's it's they got to play hard, you know. They got to play hard. They got to play some damn defense. Yep. And we'll see. We'll see if that actually happens. I'm a little bit afraid of the uh, Brady Manic trying to defend Paulo Benchero lineup. I would actually wonder if Leaky Black might be a better match. I don't know. Leaky's so skinny. But mm. maybe Leaky's got to take Wendell Moore. Yeah, you got like, you got to stop someone. And I think Yeah. I think the recipe to try and win this game would be like one outscore them. Basically, yeah. They can't get in foul trouble. Um I texted you last night um or I texted you after they beat Louisville. They had literally zero bench points. Yeah, that's and, rough. And part of that is Anthony Harris getting hurt. Part of that is Curran Walton's just had the yips this year. And then yeah. and then Dawson Garcia is um, away from the team. Taking a leave of absence for sounds like personal reasons. And yep. so he would be he would be big in this matchup. Like, like he's a quicker defender than Manic is. He he could hopefully try and he would be a better matchup on Matt Carroll than Manic would be. Um, but then the flip side of it is I think they need to get one of those guys, preferably Bancaro, but either him or Bancaro or Bancaro, either him or Mark Williams into foul trouble because they need to get one of those guys out of the game or at, on limited minutes, basically. Because Theo John does come in, but he's and he's a good defender and everything. He's a good rebounder, but he's not the offensive player that Mark Williams is. No, and he fouls a lot. And so that's where I think the key to success is. But, you know, I am excited just because it is the rivalry game. It is the last time I'll have to see Coach K in Chapel Hill. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah. I, I really, we just, you know, they, they've been saying this for like, I, I guess I've noticed it now in the last handful of years where they, they, they always play the Billis sound by words. UNC Duke always delivers. And it's like, well, eh. last, last year, objectively, the games weren't all that good. Carolina kicked their ass, which I enjoyed, but uh, didn't really deliver. Uh, the last game that really delivered was when UNC sucked and they blew it uh, against Duke in that one game. Like objectively, that was a game that probably delivered. That was like fun for a unbiased sports fan. Which I guess the thing about that rivalry is I don't think there is an, a such thing as like an unbiased. You 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 pick one. You know what I mean? Like even even if you're not a Duke fan or a North Carolina fan, you pick a team there that you want to win that game. Uh, it feels like more of the country seems to like Duke now because, because talk about an indictment on our country. Look no further than that right there yeah. is that I'm guessing more people like Duke than North Carolina. That's, that's that that shows evil. we're in a dark place. They're pure evil. Yeah, Dukey's belong in the toilet. I just hope the game's good, John. You know, I, I I mean, I either hope it's good or I hope Carolina kicks their ass. I don't think they'll kick their ass, so I just want the game to be competitive. Um, and if it's not going to be competitive, I, I would ask Kansas and Baylor to go to four overtime so I don't have to watch as much. My prediction is it's going to be a competitive first half, um, back and forth game, at least four lead changes, and North Carolina's going to go into halftime with a four-point lead. Uh, they're going to come out uh, out of halftime, and Duke's going to quickly – they're going to hit like two straight threes or something. They're going to turn um, it up. Yep, and then like North Carolina might get the lead back once, but then I think Duke will get it back again, and then they're just slowly going to increase that lead. So eventually, they're going to win by like twelve. Yeah, I can see that. Does it? Does it? It feels like North Carolina is the type of team this year, at least. They just find ways to kind of lose 
game this that kind they of game. are up at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, but no, the last game the last game of the night is that Kentucky Bama game. Um you know, Bama like Bama's obviously they it's Bama's home team. They obviously have the opportunity to upset here. Um but I don't I think Kentucky is just flying high and they're they're sort of establishing themselves as top five for sure, maybe even like a top three type team in the country. Yeah, I agree. It's at Bama. So, I mean, maybe there's a chance the Bama place can get rocking and that can be a fun uh, environment. Maybe uh, Bama can get going. But I think Kentucky's a lot better. Yep. And then I do see one more way at the end of the night. Uh, possibly Gonzaga's last chance at losing a game this year as they travel to BYU. Um, but just another one to watch out for. A little Pac-12 rivalry game there. Yeah, I think last time they played, they played a couple weeks ago. It was at Gonzaga, and they put up like 110 on BYU. So, I don't know. I BYU started off the year just awesome, right? They were like cooking. Mm-hmm. They took a kind of couple weird losses where you're like, what the hell happened there? Like, they had some weird losses, man. They lost to Utah Valley, lost to Creighton, and they lost to Vanderbilt. I guess you're not – I mean, you know, you lose 110 to 84. Lost to Santa Clara and Pacific. Whoa. Utah's going in. They got San Francisco tonight as we're recording this thing. Coming off of two straight losses at Santa Clara and Pacific. Is BYU, what the hell's going on with BYU? They're, they need to get right game, and it could be against Gonzaga. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, that is that's jarring. That's a little that's a little nerve wracking. Um but you're right. Gonzaga always plays like two good games in the WCC. Usually at least one of them is either against St. Mary's or BYU. Maybe it'll be BYU tonight or on Saturday night. All right. You got anything else? Hmm. No, not really. All right. So, yeah, we'll uh, be back probably Sunday morning as usual. Get that out Sunday night after it's edited. Um, We'll recap all those big games that are happening on Saturday. And there's a lot of them. And then, I mean, I'm sure there's games that we could scroll through for next week. Probably. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. And maybe I'll have a jingle for that episode. Maybe, John. I, I would just like to. I would like to. I would like to bring attention to this. You've potted at a super high level tonight. I appreciate that. Against all odds, you found a way to raise your game. And that's what the great ones do. Yeah, and again, not to put words in anyone anyone's mouth. That's not what I'm trying to do here. But you know, I'm just picturing that MJ flu game. I'm picturing Kurt Schilling bloody sock. You know, it's in Cooperstown right now. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Yeah, that bloody that exact sock is in Cooperstown. It's probably weird maybe, and crusty. Maybe they're gonna try and like grab this this water bottle I have right here, and they're gonna put that in the podcasting hall of fame. Mm, I don't know if that's the safe thing to do in this environment that we're living, but probably you know, not. hey, it's a anyways, super spreader. Let's get out of here. Bye.